previously on Hacker Valley Blue. I'm like the black Charles Xavier. <laughs> I always try to help people discover their superpowers. You can walk into an organization or security team as a bad weapon. It's not about being special. It's about working harder than the next person. I'm trying to leave it all on the field at the end of the day. I want to leave a dent in the universe and I want to inspire people. You said know thyself, know thy organization. This is the Hacker Valley Studio Podcast exploring the human element behind cybersecurity programs and technology. Time is the enemy of cybersecurity. Time spent identifying devices that are missing endpoint agents with known vulnerabilities that are unmanaged and need updates. Time spent identifying cloud instances that aren't being scanned and that are misconfigured. Time spent gathering asset data. Time was the enemy of cybersecurity until Axonius. By connecting to existing data sources, customers get a comprehensive asset inventory, understand security gaps, and automatically validate and enforce security policies. Check them out by visiting axonius.com. Thank you, Exonius, for sponsoring this episode. In this episode of Hacker Valley Blue, we've brought in a guest that has been on a journey of transformation, transformation of self and transformation of technology. Our guest this episode is Chani Sims, Managing Director of Meta Defense Labs. In this episode, we talk all about what is essential for cybersecurity. Chani serves as a VCSO for many organizations and helps security teams implement cyber essentials. I learned a lot this episode. Chani has a lot of wisdom to share with the world. So let's jump right into this episode. What's going on, everybody? You are in the Hacker Valley studio with your hosts, Ron and Chris. Yes, sir. Welcome back to the show. Glad to be back again, representing Hacker Valley Blue Season themed Know Thyself. And we're all about speaking to the experts, speaking to the thought leaders, speaking to the mentors. And we've brought in an exceptional mentor this episode. Our guest is Chani Sims. Chani is Managing Director of Meta Defense Labs and Founder and Chief Architect of She CISO Exec. Welcome to Hacker Valley Blue, Johnny. Hi, thanks for having me here. Johnny, you have absolutely mastered the basics and understanding the basics is really how you get to mastery. But for the folks that don't know who you are just yet, we'd love to hear a little bit about your background and what you're doing today. I'm the Managing Director for Meta Defense Labs. We are a cybersecurity consultancy company based in London. Uh, we are also a certification body for UK government's um, Cyber Essentials Scheme and Cyber Essentials Plus and ISME. My day job is uh, I'm a virtual CISO for um, SMEs. Uh, I manage about 10 SMEs at the moment. I also do GDPR consultancy and, and DPO role. And uh, I'm a Cyber Essentials Assessor and a ISO 27000 Auditor and ISME Governance Auditor as well. I've been in the industry for about 19 years now. I started as an IBM engineer, so that's pretty much building your IT systems and got to specialized more on security governance uh, side of things now. 
speaking of the foundations and the fundamentals, there's a quote I wanted to start with. And the quote is, teaching is more than imparting knowledge. It's inspiring change. Learning is more than observing facts. It is acquiring understanding. And I think when I, when I think about the foundations and the fundamentals and even cyber essentials, it's all about learning and teaching and inspiring change in organizations. How does that relate to you and all the things that you do as an auditor, a VC, so and a leader at your company? My role has evolved more into a, uh, becoming a, a strategic level advisor now to the board. I am a strong believer in secure by design approach. That's kind of foundations of what my company is based on. You can't build a house on sand, right? You need to have a solid foundation. And that's how I think of basics in IT, basic cyber hygiene or IT hygiene. Uh, You can't create powerful, resilient, high-performing platforms without getting your basics right. And that is something that I want to talk about today around cyber essentials, which is a very basic framework, but it's highly effective. And it suits any size of organization, from your one-man band to your multinational company. Let's dive right in. Tell us a little bit about the cyber essentials. Where did it come from? Who's using it? And what are some of the tenants from that that framework? It was introduced by the UK government, a National Cybersecurity Centre for UK. We are an authorised certification body for Cyber Essentials Framework. It was actually introduced to kind of stop internet-based attacks, or at least to kind of help protect organisations from internet-based attacks. It's a simple but very effective framework or a scheme and it only goes into five controls. That's all it does. It's just five controls of basic cyber hygiene. Uh, If a company wants to, say, for example, tighten their security controls or technical controls, they can apply them to their organization and they can also get certification to demonstrate that they take security seriously. Also, they have basic cyber hygiene practices in place. I mean, if you see some of the companies out there nowadays, you have also small to medium companies to large. There are companies who have very advanced risk management practices, and there's companies who doesn't even have the basic security policy. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. And this framework has helped quite a lot of those companies. If you don't have anything, you know, at least apply these basic controls and you can still stop an internet-based attack. This scheme has been running for about six years now. Now We've been a certification body since 2017. What it does is it looks at all your connected devices and your systems and help you apply certain controls to stop you getting an internet-based attack. And it was introduced to kind of help with the supply chain. With Cyber Essentials, you have two certifications. It's a Cyber Essentials Basic, which is a self-certification. And there's a Cyber Essentials Plus, which is audited certification. That means uh, with Plus, once you get your Cyber Essentials, someone like us would go and do an external and internal scan of your systems of your scope and then see how you whether you passed see if you meet the criteria and if you pass then you get the cyber essentials plus certification so it's a bit difficult to obtain uh, if you haven't got the basics right because you have to do external and internal scan and you, you can't have any critical high vulnerabilities if you got those you can't pass 
it also helps to uh, if you're looking to bid for government or public sector contracts you have to have cyber essentials that's a requirement and that's why some of the businesses need to have and then you can also give like a good picture of your company's cyber security level if you have this kind of certification you can show your customers hey we at least applied the basic it controls in our systems and you can also attract new clients through that because you're gaining trust it's like iso 27001 you you know when you have to go through iso 27001 that's a risk based framework but cyber essential is not it doesn't have any risk management elements to it it's just five technical controls your patching your firewalls your configurations uh, your malware protections and how you do the access controls access management once you get cyber essentials you can apply for cyber essentials plus you can apply for government or public sector work what i normally do as a CISO is i also enforce this on my supply chain so if you're getting new suppliers for your company and you don't know what their security posture is you can kind of mandate saying yes you should have at least cyber essentials plus as a minimum requirement to be a supplier and that helps you to protect and it looks at your firewalls so the five controls include your firewalls so that includes your boundary firewalls and also your device firewalls before you apply for cyber essentials um, certification you need to agree on your scope i guess you guys are familiar with iso 27001 framework or certification well, of course yeah so you know how you do your scope first understand what is what where it's going to be applied to uh, i know some people who would get it to their just their data center sometimes just their corner cabinet <laughs> just to get the certification <laughs> but with this cyber essentials we encourage people to apply it for their whole organization so if you have users or devices that are accessing business data that needs these controls needs to be applied to all of that say for example if you are a 10 people company and now staff working from 10 offices you have 10 laptops and 10 mobile phones accessing all business data to run this company now with cyber essentials all of that needs to be included that includes your 10 laptops your 10 mobile phones and any other gadgets that you that are connected to accessing business data and your networks so if you're working from 10 locations, your networks also should be included. So that includes your boundary firewalls, unless you have a, a corporate VPN configured to join from these remote locations. So the scope is really important with cyber censures uh, because it needs to be applied to all your production systems. Once you know, uh, agree with the scope, then you look at how do you go and apply these controls. So that is including securing your internet connections. That is knowing what firewalls are in your boundary network, knowing what firewalls are configured on your devices, then your VPNs, you have to look at those things, then looking at your devices and software. Now, with that, what it means is that you have to have supported devices. If you're running devices which are not supported anymore, and if you're running software that is end of life or not supported, then it's a problem. You can't pass cyber censures. Say, for example, I've come across people who are still running Windows 2003. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you need to have proper uh, sandboxing solutions if you're still running that kind of things. So your devices and software has to be supported. 
they shouldn't be end of life or unpatched, whatever. And then it looks at how do you control your access to data and services? You know, your passwords, what is the length of your password? I don't know what, how, how many passwords do you normally advise? It's unique for every single account. That's what we recommend. Yeah. With this, they, they're gone for eight character, but I always say at least I have 16 characters or more. A complex passphrase if you want to go for that. But yeah, it looks at passwords for your routers, to your computer systems, to your accounts, everything. Access controls and also looking at how do you configure your devices? You know, are they still running on admin accounts or user accounts? Uh, how do you give access to administrators? How do you manage them? It looks at those things. And then virus protection and malware protection. It looks at that. How do you protect against malware and viruses? One thing it's not doing is backup. You know, when you have ransomware, backup is your lifesaver. Yeah. Life mm -hmm. This framework doesn't go into backup strategies, but it can prevent you from getting a malware attack or ransomware attack. So this is something that always you need to, if you're a smaller company or a large company, I mean, of course, larger companies, I, I like to assume they have these kind of backup at DR strategies, but, uh, you know, small companies don't have the resources to advise, give right advice. So they sometimes don't have that. And I always say that if you're going for this framework, I always advise them to go for backups as well. It's really important you have a backup strategy right. in place that, that stops you getting ransomware. And then going into uh, keeping your devices up to date. Now, one of the challenges, there are people who love cyber censures. There are people who doesn't like cyber censures. There are people who are in the middle. Okay, we have to get this because otherwise we can't be a supplier. People who doesn't like cyber censures, I'd like to tell them that don't just badmouth the framework just because you don't like it. Because, you know, I think with ISO 27000 is the same way. If you have challenges with this come up with a constructive feedback and a solution on how to fix this one of the reasons why people complain about cyber censure is it's got a 14-day patching cycle mm. you know some companies can't meet that requirement because all your devices has to be patched at least your critical patches should be patched within 14 days of release now it can be a problem for large organizations but if you have a proper vulnerability management programs and proper patching programs, you, you can actually meet these requirements. So you need to find ways around how you want to do this and how you want to configure your devices. For larger companies, it's based on your risk assessment, really. Uh, but for smaller companies, we always say stick to that 14 days. So that's some of the challenges people have. And, and therefore, people say it's impossible to implement but for people who doesn't even have the basics, I think this is a really good start. That's how I look at things. You don't necessarily have to go for the certification if you don't want to, but at least look at applying these, some of these controls. They used to say you used to stop 80% of the internet-based attacks. Um, I haven't seen that anymore. And the other thing is your access control. You know, how do you have administrators managing? How do you give approval for to create administrative accounts and things like that. So those those are really like a very high level description of what it is. And then you, you apply these controls to your systems and you get someone like me to kind of get the assessment audited marked and then you get the certification. And then it, you, it displays on the UK government website as well. You can check if someone has cyber censures or not. 
So it's it's really has helped the UK industry, also um, the SME sector, and also the public sector because now you can kind of identify your suppliers who who practice these basic IT hygiene. You know, with that breakdown, I feel like I'm about ready to become a certification body after just hearing all the components from you. So so thank you for that. <laughs> just kidding. Okay. You speak about hygiene, and I'm sure we've all been in an organization, maybe even worked at an organization where security hygiene is completely left out. There's unpatched devices, there's inconfigured or non-configured routing rules, and even credentials that are just using default. And this could be a very daunting task, especially if you're that first security hire, maybe you're a team of one to a few. Mm. You know, what would you recommend for uh, security engineers, analysts, uh, people even like yourself, not to get burnt out by understanding that hygiene is in such a bad place for an organization that has ignored it for so long? Cultural transformation is really important when you're going into a company to do cybersecurity or any security, right? You need to have the people buy in. If the people are not interested, then you fail, full stop. That's how it is. You can't be the hero, one man band, uh, you know, entity that try to fix all the problems. It's it's impossible. So you need to have that leadership buy in and the people involved into doing that. So awareness is one of the key things. If you're a technical person, I think you need to look at your crown jewels. What are your assets? What are you trying to protect? Once you know your assets, that includes your hardware assets, physical assets, information assets, your data, software, all the layers pretty much. Once you have a good understanding of assets, then you can identify what are critical assets, what are the things that are keeping the company going and, you know, different levels once you've got that classification, then you know you can identify what your who your owners are, pretty much, who who's responsible for certain assets, and your risk assessment. A lot of companies fail to do risk assessments, and then go and buy this magic box, hoping that it's going to fix my security problem. It's not. You need to kind of have a risk-based approach to things. So once you've done your risk assessment, then you can identify where you want to spend the money, where you want to spend the efforts on. And then you you get a plan in place to kind of address each element. Trying to fix everything in one go is never going to help. I think having a risk-based approach is really important and knowing your crown jewels. I think that's something I would first do if I was an engineer who has to kind of go and sort cybersecurity hygiene issues for a company. I need to know what I'm working with, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Or who I'm working with as well. So identifying these things is quite important. Identifying the business where they're trying to go with. And once you get that risk management or risk-based approach in and getting the high basic stuff in place and then going into other areas, I think you are, have a more manageable environment. Then you can look into doing other fancy things, I think. I, I have a people process technology approach to things. So it's more, always people or process or technology. That's how I go into helping customers. I'm still holding out for a magic box that can do everything for me. I think it's going to happen in my lifetime. But indulge me for a moment. If I did have a magic box that could solve one of my issues for an entire enterprise, what problem would you want that box to solve? People. (laughs) (laughs) Then they're all solved. (laughs) does Does it make people? Does it train people? Tell us a little bit about that. 
it's a challenging one because you have the you need to have the people trained that's a really important one you know creating that awareness uh, if i can make everyone paranoid as i am <laughs> that'll be a plus then you know they will do something and they they have to care for your company so you have to have that buy in you know they need to be feel invited rewarded for what they're doing otherwise people won't bother right you know we get this kind of people where they find a usb stick lying around on the floor and they'll they won't plug it in their laptop they will come and plug it into their company laptop Mm. <laughs> people are really important in that way so you need to have that uh, cultural awareness and support and be feel empowered to have that positive impact it's it's never easy it's it's the hardest job and that's kind of probably why people always go for this magic box the magic box is very tempting and last season on hacker valley blue and even on hacker valley red we asked a few guests what would an unhackable device or system look like? But don't worry, I'm not going to ask you that question. Uh, <laughs> but, I did, <laughs> <laughs> but I did want to touch on leadership a bit. You mentioned that if you had a magical device, it would really affect people. But I think that's where leaders come in. That's where we actually use people that we already have in our organization to inspire that change. As a leader, what do you think are some of the fundamentals to help your team or your customers change and make that positive stride toward the, towards impact? When you go into a company, understanding the business and their goals and vision objectives is really important. If you don't understand what they're trying to do, then you can't really help them, right? Because you have to use security as a enabler to drive business. And and that involves understanding key stakeholders where the business is heading their vision once you kind of know that then i think the leadership is also very responsible for communicating that vision and objectives and goals if you don't communicate it clearly people don't know what you're trying to do i always follow total wolf's approach i, I that's one of my favorite teams that uh, when it comes to leadership and high performance and winning do you guys follow F1? I pseudo follow Formula One. I love the Drive to Survive special on Netflix. It's yeah. up to season three now. But uh, yeah, it's it's fascinating. Yeah, it's fascinating. Yeah, so I like how Mercedes uh, Petronas keep winning and, and how their team has evolved and their approach to uh, leadership. And that's I've learned quite a lot from Toto Wolf's approach, their team principle, where you know, he, he always says that you have to communicate your objectives and goals to every individual in the organization and that they understand what is expected of them. That communication is really important. I think as a leader, any leader, communication is the key, how you communicate things. And for me, it's been a huge challenge uh, in my life because English isn't my first language. So sometimes I say things and then I realize, oh, okay, that was a direct translation. I shouldn't be saying that. That's not how you say that in English. So I've had to learn that in, in my life. And I, I value that. I always, I'm open to learning new things and also how, how, how is the best way to communicate in, in terms of different teams, different cultures. I'm always trying to learn on those things and improve myself, communicating it down to every staff member about their goals and objectives. That's, that's a really key element. Then being authentic. I think leaders need to be authentic. Also be 
open to accepting if you make a mistake be open to accepting that you know hey i made a mistake i'm sorry or whatever i know in legal terms it's always you know never accept anything <laughs> that's the approach <laughs> but to build trust with your colleagues and peers you need to be authentic and honest and open going about doing things and emotional intelligence is another one something i really admire is when it comes to creating no blame cultures blame the problem not the person if you go on about blaming a person or individual that's where a lot of problems can happen unpleasant situations you're creating a blame culture then rather than if something goes wrong rather than blaming the person i always try to tell people or even even my teams i say blame the problem because that is uh, how you can improve your culture and will trust with your teams as well so people know it's okay to make a mistake it's okay to admit that they made a mistake they're more open to then working with you and also the other one i practice is seed seed fix it approach as well which is also something i learned from petronas which is if you see a problem address it and get it fixed i love the fact that you mentioned formula 1 because there's an analogy that i like to use when it comes to cybersecurity in respect to the rest of the organization when i started watching formula 1 i really looked at the drive to survive as as my way into that sport and what i found fascinating is you have these cars that are so expensive and engineering feats you have these drivers that are vying for very few spots on the circuit and then you have the pit and the pit is not just the folks that are putting on the tires and and doing things like that but also the people that are monitoring the gauges they're monitoring the health of the car how fast and how hard they can push the car to go to that next position to take the lead and that's what i feel like we do as cybersecurity professionals we aren't the department of no we are the pit crew that's telling the driver the business the innovators how hard they can push their car without taking undue risk to the organization would you agree with that yeah, uh, analogy <laughs> and then also how could someone take that analogy or even just the basics of cybersecurity because the role of cybersecurity is what's important so how would someone take that and apply it to their organization today It's it's a perfect example of how it should be if you want to drive business if you want to continue business create high performing teams be effective use cybersecurity as an enabler there's so much you can do i mean if you look at the dna of cybersecurity or security you know your confidentiality integrity and availability how do you get your systems built to maintain confidentiality how do you make get your system to maintain integrity how do you have them available that goes down to your building your basic it they needs to have different layers of security inbuilt so that your data is kept safe they need to have proper systems in place to maintain integrity so that you can trust that data and you have proper access control so that people don't go and change whatever they want to change so that controls are properly inbuilt in the systems and then you need to maintain availability so high availability performance all of that comes together right if you can use these elements to drive your business when something goes wrong it's all about business continuity as well how do you deal with it and and recover gracefully using cybersecurity approach to getting more clients building more uh, trust with your clients and also going about doing things that you want to do in your business i think 
you can create very effective teams, effective companies. And that's what Mercedes is doing. It's not about just one car doing and Lewis Hamilton going and ma- doing magic. It's, it's the whole team behind <laughs> that, right? Yeah. And all these people are highly trained people, individuals. You can see how they just t- change a tire in minutes, whatever, and then how they build that car. And, and it's all about skilled people. You need to have that skilled people trained, supported, and then you have the right processes so that these people know how to do their job. And you have to then go for the technology that supports all that. So it's, again, that people over process or technology approach and using it as an enabler rather than just IT cost. It's not IT cost. Chani, thank you so much for taking the time to sit and chat with us on this Hacker Valley Blue season, Know Thyself. Definitely a masterclass on understanding and mastering the basics. For the folks who want to stay up to date with you and all the great things that you have going on, what are the best ways that people can do that? You can contact me on LinkedIn, Twitter as well, or you can uh, email me at info at metadefenselabs.com. Thank you so much, Chani. We will be sure to drop all of those resources in the show notes. Highly encourage everyone to stay up to date with you and also reach out about She Sees So. And with that, we'll see everyone next time. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. And yes, join She Sees So. We are having a gala dinner, hoping to have a gala dinner end of this year and another boot camp as well. So uh, you're welcome to join and contribute. If you enjoy our content, it would mean so much to us if you shared this episode on social media, told a friend, or wrote us a review on your favorite podcast streaming platform.